from the Mercy One Studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells, brought to you by Blackbird Investments. Welcome in, everyone, to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. It is your weekly dose of news from the diocese and around the world, plus commentary on issues that give us time to pause, give us angst. Uh, We worry a little bit, which we really should always put it in the Lord's hands. But today is one of those that we have been worrying about for 40-plus years, and that is the right to life. This is Straight Talk. You've got questions We've got answers. I'm Jean Wells, and I am very blessed to be broadcasting from the Mercy One studio here at Iowa Catholic Radio, and grateful to Blackbird Investments for sponsoring Straight Talk, doing what is challenging because it is right. That's Blackbird Investments. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird believes in giving buildings a new life. For more information, go online to blackbirdinvest.com. Now, on today's show, we are talking about the sanctity in life, sanctity of life, and who best to join me than Maggie DeWitty, the Executive Director for Ion's Iowans for Life, and Tom Quiner, the president of Iowans for Life. They have a little jet lag. They're back from Washington, D.C., and we're going to find out all about the March for Life. But let's put some things into perspective first. In 2020, the projected fertility rate is 1.8 children per female, which the last I knew, uh, that's not quite sufficient to maintain our population as it takes two to tango, as they say, two live births to replace the two individuals who uh, created that birth, and we are below that. Uh, The U.S. population will not be growing based on our own fertility rate, and we will need international immigration to maintain our third-in-the-world population status. Hmm. Does abortion have anything to do with why we don't have a fertility rate of higher than 1.8 children? I think so. Uh, Though, you know, we're not as bad as some places in the world. Uh, Annually in China, they have 13 to 23 million abortions per year. On average, the United States have just a little over of a million abortions per year, and that is on average because one independent study reported that we are um, had only 540,000, a little more than that only, if you can use that terminology, 540 plus thousand abortions were performed in 2014, which is the smallest number since 1972. And the abortions continue to decline on an annual basis. Uh, Unfortunately, you don't get really good information from a lot of sources. They're still tallying from 15 and 16. So who knows when we'll get that real data. Um, This is surely, you know, we, we have more information available, greater scientific evidence of when life begins, and the many miraculous stories of premature births. And I hope and pray that that is part of why those abortion numbers are going down. Um, before, you know, these some of these premature babies were, it was so unlikely that they would survive. But they are not only surviving, but thriving. 
Before we get to our topic, though, let's look at some events. Uh, tonight is the manu- the January Man Up event beginning at 520 at St. Mary of Nazareth Catholic Church. That's, of course, on Meredith Drive. It's our mission as men evangelizing in the public square. And I have one of their speakers here with me tonight, today, Tom Quiner. And then Tim Jamison will be the other speaker tonight at the January Man Up event. So you're going to want to go to that. Uh, be sure to go online and register today so they can make sure they have enough food for you tonight. Um, we are on day eight of the nine days for the life, no, the nine days for life novena. You can find more information in the prayers at the usccb.org. And I thought I would do something a little different. And in this segment, pray that novena prayer that's a part of this. Heavenly Father, thank you for the precious gift of life. Help us to cherish and protect this gift, even in the midst of fear and pain and suffering. Give us love for all people, especially the most vulnerable, and help us bear witness to the truth that every life is worth living. Grant us the humility to accept help when we are in need, and teach us to be merciful to all. Through our words and actions, may others encounter the outstretched hands of your mercy. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Other events coming up is the next Ladies Mosaic Luncheon, February 13th at St. Teresa Catholic Church featuring Chris Magruder and the Miracle of the Veil Removed. Doors open at 1130. Again, registration at iowacatholicradio.com. And uh, the Men's Conference, the 2020 Iowa Catholic Men's Conference is February 22nd at Embassy Suites, and it includes Iowa State football head coach Matt Campbell. Guess where you're going to register? iowacatholicradio.com. And finally, if you are already tired of winter, be sure to sign up for the Iowa Catholic Radio Golf Outing. It's in June. Woohoo! That sounds fabulous. 8 a.m. at the blank golf course down on County Line Road. You're not going to want to miss that. Always a fun event. Um, and some items of interest in the news. Uh, good news. For the Senate Joint Resolution, Resolution 21, the Protect Life Amendment, to clarify that a right to abortion is not guaranteed by the state of Iowa Constitution. It passed the Senate State Government Committee on January 23rd on a party line vote, 10 to 5, and is now eligible for debate on the Senate floor. So please contact your senator in support of this bill. Easy to do that. Go to iowacatholicconference.org. So easy to sign up for um, to to contact your legislators. According to this new Marist poll, seven in ten American adults support significant restrictions on abortion. Make sure your voice is one of them. When we come back from the break, I'll be visiting with Maggie DeWitty, Executive Director, Iowans for Life, and Tom Quiner, the President of Iowans for Life, on the sanctity of life. It's time for Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Lee and Eddie in the Morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscapes. Extend your living space outdoors with patios, pergolas, fencing, and retaining walls. Outdoor lighting is another way to enjoy your landscaping day and night. Five Sons Naturescapes will spend the time to understand your needs and create your perfect outdoor space. Learn more about Five Sons Naturescapes at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Thank you to Five Sons Naturescapes for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. At Golden Rule, you already know we obey the rules to live by. That's why we provide state-of-the-art training for all of our employees. From customer service to routine maintenance and new equipment, you can always count on Golden Rule. And by taking care of our family, we can take better care of yours. I'm Bobby from Golden Rule, where we deliver respect, understanding, loyalty, expertise, and service every time you call. We have a standard and we prove it online at goldenrulephc.com. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. The number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Hi, I'm Teresa, and as Executive Director of InterVisions Healthcare, I want to say thank you. Thank you to the thousands of women in Central Iowa for trusting InterVisions when it comes to your unplanned pregnancy. And thank you to the many supporters who have made it possible for us to serve these patients. We are excited to announce our second clinic on the South Side is currently open. Now we have two locations to better serve women with unplanned pregnancies or STDs. Would you like a tour of the clinic? Give us a call today to get that set up. 515-440-2273 or visit IVHcare.org. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall. Online at bigredq des Moines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Hi, this is Father Larry Richards of EWTN Open Line Thursday, and we just want to encourage you to help us. We really need you to bring people to Jesus Christ. Think about it. What have we done to bring people to Christ? We need you and we need your help because Jesus tells you, go and make disciples of all nations. You can do that by helping us. God bless you. You can give securely online at iowacatholicradio.com, the Iowa Catholic Radio app, or call 515-223-1150. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Gene Wells, and and this is a this is a tough topic. But you know, fresh from Washington D.C. Uh, is Maggie Dewitty and Tom Quiner, both with Iowans for Life, and uh, the you you know Washington D.C. Pennsylvania Turnpike oh. over the plains of the Midwest. <laughs> oh, Tom flew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Before we get into our topic, when did you become pro-life, Maggie? I mean, has this been a, a lifelong thing, or did you have a conversion at some point in time that said, holy moly, what is the point if it were not pro-life? No, you know, I it, it was never a, a conversion. It was something, and I, I credit my parents completely for this, 
for bringing this to me and to my faith in such a way that it was never a a situation where, oh, oh my goodness, what's happening? I mm-hmm. always knew. They instilled in, in me very early on that, that, um, that belief that all life is valuable and all life has, has dignity. And it was, it was towards high school that I got a little bit more involved and, and we went um, with a group from our parish and prayed outside of a Planned Parenthood when I was 16. And I, and I guess that was probably my first kind of activism type mm-hmm. of thing. And then from there... I, you know, I don't, I don't think I necessarily planned it that way, but my whole career from my first job to here has been surrounded by the life issue. Mm-hmm. And so I have to know that, that God had orchestrated that from the beginning to put me in the position that I am now, but put me through working in social work and group homes and foster care and adoption mm-hmm. to now advocacy yeah. on life. Now, Tom, you and I are from a different generation that, you know, Roe versus Wade passed. I was in high school. You were probably way out of high school, probably way way out of college. Okay, you're not that much older than me. Um, Did you, was it always an issue? I mean, we never even talked about it when I was growing up, that life wasn't questioned. So you kind of had to come to belief believe in this and on your own terms yeah i i was frankly fairly oblivious of the issue yeah when uh when roe v wade passed i i remember hearing the story uh i was working a summer job up in storm lake iowa i was in college and i was just clueless i, I don't know if i even knew exactly what abortion was mm-hmm. by the same token i was a protestant in those days so you know we we just weren't in tune to it and contraception and things like that were just what was wrong with that so yeah uh, I think what made a difference for me is in about 1976, uh, Ronald Reagan ran against Gerald Ford, tried to wrest the nomination from Ford, and he made abortion an issue. And that was the first time it came onto my radar. Hmm. And then he made it a big issue in 1980. It, be, it was a justice issue to me. And it's mm-hmm. like, how in the world can we be doing this? And... Um, that's what launched me. I have to give credit to Reagan. I think he put it on the radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just interesting. You know, we're not, you know, this current generation, you know, we are the pro-life generation. And it's like, well, they sure are because my generation was kind of clueless. Roe versus who? Supreme Court what? You know, I mean, that happened. I wasn't really in tune to the Supreme Court activities at all. You know, so it wasn't until all of a sudden you realize, I think it was when I had my first child, I'm pregnant. And I'm like... What? How could anyone not complete a pregnancy? How could anyone choose themselves over over this new life that is starting to form in in their their very being? So, um, yeah, it, this is a, the pro life generation. But you know, I think there's a lot of of Catholic friends of mine who are on the fence, or they they say they're pro choice because they want to be loving and inclusive of everyone and their choices. And I thought we could spend the first few minutes of our interview today talking about what the church teaches. You know, that, you know, this isn't a wishy-washy, you know, cafeteria plan belief. So, you know, as as we look at this, you know, we find ourselves at odds with our friends and, and really, you know, how do we say to them, um, you know, you're wrong, <laughs> You know, that's what I want to say, and I have to back up and say, if you do that, you're going to, you know, create a divide and not unite. So um, the church has, has consistently taught that every human life is precious and worthy of protection. And 
every intentional abortion is gravely wrong. Pope Francis has recently written that our defense of the innocent unborn needs to be clear, firm, and passionate, for at stake is the dignity of a human life, which is always sacred and demands love for each person, regardless of his or her stage of development. But what do you say, you know, let's look at those unusual situations. What do you say about difficult pregnancies when a baby is conceived in rape? Well, that's... I mean, you know, it's like, oh, but what about rape and incest and, you know, yeah. Uh, um, sometimes I think a question like that is a little bit of a smokescreen mm-hmm. in, in that that represents 1% of the total number of abortions at most. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I sometimes respond, uh, are you... I'm happy to, to, to discuss that. I think it's a really legitimate question, mm-hmm. but uh, 99% of the abortions are discretionary. But I think it's important to be prepared to respond. And the question is usually put to someone like mm-hmm. this. Well, what about rape? Would you force a woman to have her rapist baby? Would and, you force your daughter? That's And, and I'll yeah. give you the exact response. And this is grounded in an experience I had going to one of the quarterly pro-life meetings that the diocese put on because there was a woman there Mm -hmm. uh, who was raped and she conceived a child and she said uh, she is so glad she gave birth to that child who was a teenager now and so the response should be something along this line Mm -hmm. I write this down everybody okay I think that's the wrong question would you encourage her to have an abortion knowing it will make her pain worse. According to doctors who treated rape victims, women who had abortions were usually pressured into it, which increased their sense of isolation and shame. By contrast, the women who carried the rapist child to term said the child actually brought peace and healing to their lives. I appreciate your concern on this sensitive subject. May I send you info on a great book with more detailed information? And the book that I'm referring to, mm-hmm. there's a great book out called Victims and Victors, speaking out about their pregnancies. And uh, a, a number of doctors interviewed women, and they found out overwhelmingly, and almost I think it was almost unanimously, that women who gave birth to their rapist child had less pain less um, follow-up angst than women who had aborted. It's like violence ended up not being the, an- the, the, the answer. Yeah, it wasn't, the baby didn't do the rape. No. You know, and, and whether the mom determines to keep the child or offer it up for adoption, either of them are, you know, viable opportunities, but it's not, it wasn't the baby's fault. So to punish the baby, that that seems contrary. Exactly. I mean, even in our country, we don't give the death penalty to rapists. But yet in this situation, our society is saying we should give the death penalty to the child who Mm -hmm. is a completely innocent victim. Mm -hmm. And people, again, are sanitizing what abortion is. Like Tom was saying, it's violent. And why would you want to have another violence, Mm -hmm. another um, infraction against that woman? You know, that's not going to aid in her recovery. It's going to add to it because then she's going to have the guilt of the abortion on top of Mm -hmm. the rape. 
Okay, so here's the other one. You know, there's several standard, well, you know, well, what about when babies are diagnosed prenatally with a disability? You know, I mean, you hear a lot about the, the Down syndromes babies, and is it Ireland that, you know, they haven't had a Down syndrome baby born in... Iceland, I think. Iceland, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, you know, what is, what do you say to someone? It's like, oh, well, they have this disability, you know, what are you... You know, we shouldn't bring that baby into this world. They're going to have a life of misery. You know, let's let's put it out of its misery now. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Yeah, well, so I, I had an opportunity when I was in D.C. to go to a pro-life summit, and Trent Horn was one of the speakers, and he's written a book about pro-life apologetics, and this course was on advanced apologetics, and someone asked that very question, mm-hmm. how do you respond to that? And one of his response was, what if you had a two-year-old that was diagnosed with a terminal illness or got into a car accident and was probably not going to survive but was on life support, would you go ahead and say, let's just go ahead and kill that two-year-old because they're going to die eventually as we all are going to die eventually. Mm -hmm. And that really puts in perspective because obviously, no, you would not kill the two-year-old. So why do we think... there'd probably be some that would say yes. Well, true. Yeah. But why would we say that baby in the womb has any less dignity or worth or value to being born? And when you talk, as I have... To women who have had that situation, I'm thinking of one in particular, who considered, who considered abortion. And she was so thankful that she did not. She had precious hours with her baby. She got to have photos. She got to get the, the, the baby baptized. She got fingerprints and footprints. She got to say hello to this baby that she had carried in her womb. And then got to say goodbye. And she is so grateful she had that opportunity. And and let's be real, abortion again is violent. When say when you say, Oh, that, that's going to help the child and ease his suffering, <coughs> abortion is violent. You know, you're 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 dismembering a child mm-hmm. in the womb. You're sucking it out of the womb. That that's not merciful. That's painful. Well, the, then the flip story, the next story, is the one where the, the child isn't, is not most likely going to make it to full term. Or if they do make it to full term, it's only moments. You know, why does the church insist that the mother go through that? You know, that, you know how horrific to know that you're carrying a baby that will most likely, you know, die before it even gets to full term. Mm-hmm. And again, I just go back to... Whose decision is that? Whose decision is that? God is the creator and the author of life. And he knit that baby in Mm -hmm. his mother's womb. Mm -hmm. It is for him to decide when that baby meets with him in heaven. It's Mm -hmm. not our decision. And in every suffering, if we believe as Catholics in redemptive suffering, there is some grace that we are going to get from that suffering that we're going through. But again, it's back to the fact that that is a human being that has dignity and value and worth and deserves to have a chance to be alive. And if I could build on that, I mean, Maggie, that that's well said. And I, I would put it this way. Does that person 
who is less than perfect have something to offer the world? Can they make the world a better place? And Jean, you mentioned the Down syndrome um, Mm -hmm. brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. that we have. Do they have anything to offer the world? And I'd like to just share a little story. Uh, first of all, I've got a, a Down syndrome nephew. Uh, I, I, I can hear him still saying, I love God. Mm-hmm. And I, I, over the years at Mass, something that always is kind of a bugaboo of mine is I look around people in the pews, and they're just sitting there, and there's no joy in their face. And they're kind of like on autopilot, by contrast. I went to Mass at the Basilica a number of years ago on um, Palm Sunday, I think it was. I think it was Palm Sunday. And there was a young man, and some of the people listening to this right now know who he is. And um, he was in the, the front pew, Down syndrome, and he was on fire during the Mass. I mean, he's standing up. He, there was joy was just flowing from him. And I, I couldn't take my eyes off of him because I thought he... He is in tune to the mass mm-hmm. more than 99% of the people who are sitting in the pews next to me over the last 50 years or 40, however many years since I became a Catholic. Mm-hmm. So these people who um, have disabilities are close to God, and we need them. I think we need them more than they need us. So then the flip side is... Is an abortion ever allowed in the Catholic Church? Well, I mean, if you read the catechism, it's 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 pretty clear, you know, that it's one of those things that's a non-negotiable. It's an intrinsic e- evil. It should never be. It should never be um, condoned or um, accepted in the, under any circumstances. Because again, if you believe that God is the creator of life, then it is for him to decide when we leave this earth and not us. And regardless of the circumstances of that baby's conception, whether it be rape or incest or whatever, that baby has dignity and worth and should be allowed to live. And that's that's what's so great about our Catholic faith is mm-hmm. that it's it's unchanging and has been unchanging and will remain unchanging on this issue. And it is the number one teaching of our Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. The life and dignity of the human person should be upheld for mm-hmm. for whatever reason, all reasons, it needs to be upheld. And it's always a, a challenging situation when, you know, the mother has an extreme health condition you know, a you know, if you have an ectopic pregnancy, you know that that baby is not going to be able to come to full term sure. in that fallopian tube, and you know could very well cause greater issues. So, you know, if if the fallopian tube needs to be removed, the baby's not going to survive. But those instances are so rare. And yet we hear of, of saints that, you know, have cancer in their uterus that don't treat it so that the baby can can come to full term, you know. And you're like, wow. But again, you're choosing life, the life of your child over your own life. Right. Tommy, yeah, you're going to. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, it's like we want to shortchange God yeah. in all of this. Uh, I when, got this, God. Yeah. You know, yeah, I've got it. Hey, go God, on vacation. Come I back got, next week. Yeah. Um, when, when my... When my granddaughter was born, um, the doctor 
said she has it looks like there's some stuff that's wrong that we're not sure she may she may have this or that or the other thing and um, we don't know if she's going to make it through the night and you know, all kinds of stuff and it was one of the most devastating of moments to my son and daughter-in-law and to my to my wife and I and um, I mean it was just devastating so what do we do uh, Karen and I went over to the hospital and um, you know we kneeled down we prayed the rosary with with Mark and uh, with Rochelle and I mean they just they, they couldn't even speak they were so mm-hmm. choked up and we so we said the rosary and you know the next day um, and that was and she's perfect you know and and there was a sense amongst all of us which gee, that doctor got it wrong I mean this what a you know what a um a mis- what an idiot come on yeah, what a misdiagnosis yeah and you know finally Karen said has anyone ever stopped to consider that we prayed and that the Blessed Mother interceded on our behalf so these situations in life allow us to connect with God and for God to say I am with you that's a perfect place to to stop we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about the the recent trip to Washington DC the rally and all the things that preceded the rally the mass and and all of those wonderful aspects of the March for Life you're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio Why do folks give to the Catholic Tuition Organization? Probably because they love Catholic schools, right? Partially, but they also like the tax benefits. Or they were helped when their kids were in school. Or they have been blessed and want to bless others. Whatever the reason, the 65% tax credits are great. And after all, it's for the kids and their future. Online, ctoiowa.org. Doing what is challenging because it's right. That's Blackbird Investments. In 2013, Blackbird Investments was born from the inspiration of St. Kevin. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird Investments believes in giving buildings a new life. BlackbirdInvest.com Blackbird Investments. Doing what is challenging because it's right. Vitae Family Care is part of the Iowa Catholic Radio family. Pro-life physician Greg McKernan, a DO, has practiced for 27 years seeing patients of all ages with just about every kind of need. Dr. McKernan lives his faith as a physician and is trained in NAPRO technology, allowing him to diagnose and treat many female conditions and even markedly reduce the occurrence of a miscarriage. VitaeFamilyCare.com Remember, Vitae is Latin for life. Are you prepared for the 2020 Iowa Catholic Men's Conference Sons of the Father? Saturday, February 22nd at the Embassy Suites by Hilton downtown. Mass will be offered at 7.30 a.m., registration begins at 8, and the conference kicks off at 9 with Iowa State University head football coach Matt Campbell. Followed by Joe Stopulis from the Man Up Show. John Leonetti from Iowa Catholic Radio will host the Iowa Catholic Men's Conference Sons of the Father Saturday, February 22nd at the Embassy Suites by Hilton downtown. Learn more at iowacatholicradio.com. 
Programming support for Catholic Women Now is provided by Iowa's injury attorney, Fred Haas. For over 30 years, Fred Haas has helped injured Iowans recover financial, physical, and emotional losses from car, truck, and motorcycle accidents, work-related injuries, and injuries due to negligence. Most importantly, providing the professional, personal, and responsive legal counsel that everyone deserves. Fred, double D, Haas, double A, the Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio's broadcast of Dowling Catholic Sports and Activities is provided by Kemen, a global ingredient manufacturer using science to transform the quality of life for 80% of the world. Kemen is on the leading edge of molecular science, manufacturing more than 500 specialty ingredients for the human and animal health and nutrition, pet food, aquaculture, nutraceutical, food technologies, crop technologies, and textile industries. Kemen strives to sustainably transform the quality of life every day for 80% of the world with their products and services. Kemen, using science to transform the world. Online at Since 1924, St. Vincent de Paul has been helping those less fortunate work towards self-sufficiency. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul helped over 20,000 individuals with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner re-entry. SVDPDSM.org, 515-282-8327. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. This message was brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Cold this afternoon, upper 20s and cloudy. Snow showers moving through overnight, maybe a half inch of accumulation down to 20. Snow showers in the morning tomorrow, cloudy and cold through the afternoon, upper 20s. The weather is brought to you by Rock Valley Physical Therapy, outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation with seven convenient locations in the Des Moines metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and my guests today are Maggie DeWitty, Executive Director of Iowans for Life, and Tom Quiner, the President of their board for Iowans for Life. They've just returned from Washington, D.C., and uh, the rally is really the culminating event of the weekend, And um, but there are other key events as a part of this pilgrimage. So if you could paint a picture for our listeners who've never gone the experience of going to the March for Life, besides the 8,000-hour bus trip. Okay, maybe it's <laughs> now not that Now, that's a bit of an exaggeration, oh, no. Jean. Come on. <laughs> that's the best part. What? <laughs> <laughs> it really is a, a, a great experience because when you do get to write up, you get to meet a lot of people and have an opportunity for fellowship and yeah. prayer and education and, and the excitement of, of getting there all together. But And I have to say, I mean, it, when I went on the bus trip, it wasn't – a horrible bus trip. Mm-hmm. It was long, mm-hmm. but you know you do sleep on the bus, and you know you have people sleeping on the floor underneath your feet. Yeah, you know all of that kind of stuff. But the kids were great. You know they are. The students were wonderful. They were prayerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was and it, great. And it is. It's it's not supposed to be a vacation. It is a pilgrimage, and and we do look at at, at that there should be some suffering because mm-hmm. what are we going there for? You know we're going there for a cause for 60 plus uh, million of our brothers and sisters who've lost their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we have to have a little inconvenience and a little a lack of sleep, so be it. You know, offer it up. Yeah, so Tom flew. <laughs> yeah, 
Tom. She's trying to throw my way. I still suffered on that plane. Oh, okay. My back is still sore. Yeah. They, they didn't bring you the cocktail soon enough? Is that what it was? <laughs> they were a little slow because of the turbulence. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, as long as you were there, right? That's right. Yeah, so you arrived, um, you know, you're shepherding. How many kids went or how many people went? So we had, we had three Iowa? buses, so we had about 150 um, pilgrims from uh, around Iowa. And so we, we get on the bus on Wednesday, arrive on Thursday. And um, this year we had uh, Father Ryan Andrew, the chaplain from mm-hmm. Dowling, that rode with us. And so we got a room at the hotel and he offered mass at the hotel right when we arrived. So that was very special. And um, then some went to the Basilica to the National Shrine Mass, which is a huge um, mass you know, tens of thousands of people attend every year. Um, Archbishop Nauman, is it Archbishop or Bishop Nauman? I can't, I'm drawing a blank. He, um, he was the, he presided. And so the, the, the group that went to that was said that was just absolutely fantastic. And, and he had a great homily. And then that next morning, we all go to the Capital One Arena and the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. puts on a youth rally and mass. And for like 20,000 of your for best like friends. 20,000. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, it is so amazing because it puts everything in perspective about why we're there and really puts you in that prayerful presence. And Pope Francis, once again, um, granted an indulgence for those who attend. So if you went to reconciliation, attended Mass, prayed for the intentions of the Holy Father, then you were granted the indulgence. So the confession line was astronomical. And Jean, you probably remember this Mm -hmm. from when you went and and people were in our group were getting in there and like oh we're never going to get in oh man you were in and out it was great in and out they have that down pat there were priests everywhere and sisters guiding you in and it it was just it's always just an amazing experience to particularly see all of these young people just jump up we say well do you guys want to go to confession okay. sure yeah and they just jump up and get in line it's amazing and the mass, of course, is the highlight, and um, and just having that community and being all together, and then we walk together over to the rally, um, which gets everybody pumped up, and and they have great speakers, and of course, this year was just historical, given that we had President Trump address the crowd. So let's talk about that. He spoke at the March for Life 2020. Mm -hmm. It's the first U.S. sitting president to join the march in person. Last year, he was on video. Mm -hmm. Um, Were you able to to get within the security area, or were you outside of it? What was the scoop? We were just outside the security area. We We could see the security area, and we were just on the outside. However, not me because I'm very short, but those who are a little taller could see him on the screens. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, we could hear him crystal clear, and that was the most important thing. Right. And so everybody in our group got to hear his message, and it was a fantastic mm-hmm. message, I have to say. He did a great job, and it was just it was just a moment that brought tears to my eyes that he would take the time that no other sitting president had taken the time to do that <coughs> and to address us and how important it was uh, for those people out there to hear that, regardless of what you think about Trump, that mm-hmm. he took the time to address 
this crowd and realizing how important this issue was, was very touching for me. So it was similar to the coverage that uh, you got from NBC, ABC, CBS, CNN. Yeah, they covered this like in detail. Sure, sure. Dripping sarcasm (laughs) in case you couldn't catch that one. Now, there were a few items um, that President Trump's from his remarks that I'd like to get your take on. Um, He said, referring to the young people that were present, and it's your generation that is making America the pro-family, pro-life nation. So he he spoke about pro-family several times in his comments. What's your take on that? I mean, he could have just simply talked about pro-life, but he talked about pro-family. It is so hopeful to me. This is only my second march that I've come to, but Maggie's been to what, 10 of them or so, mm-hmm. this thing is overwhelmingly attended by young people who are high, high school or college age. And some of them are coming um, because a friend asked them. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're coming into it not on fire for the cause. When but they, they got out of school and they get to go yeah, on a they bus get out trip of school. Hey, this, this is going if they're in Catholic school now in a public school, you know they don't get time off. It's it's a it's a bigger deal to get off, which made me especially gra- grateful to a young man named Max who um, went to public school in Fort Dodge. He came because he said this cause is important. He's the only kid from Fort Dodge High School who came to this. Who went with the St. Edmunds kids? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, here he comes because he recognizes, but for those kids who come in and they're a little tepid in their views coming into this, they'll leave on fire. Mm-hmm. So I'm hopeful seeing uh, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of young people pour into this who are pro-life, and it, it goes, if they're going to be pro-life, they are going to be pro-family. There's hope for the future, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. So how many people attended? I mean... I, I saw the Vatican news that said 100,000, and I'm like, uh, no, it was more than that. 575,000 at least. 612. <laughs> yeah. Plus two. <laughs> yeah, because there were some pregnant people there. <laughs> yeah, I thought it had to have been a half a million at least. I mean, just from my experience, just for the length of time it took us to wait from when the rally ended to be able to just start marching. I mean, everybody in our group was like, what's the holdup? And I said, well, this is what happens when you have a half a million people. She's talking about my (laughs) wife who says, what's the holdup? It's a little hard to herd everybody through the Constitution Avenue. And so you have to just stand and wait because there's a bottleneck to kind of turn around and Mm -hmm. get on there. And that's what it looks like when you have that many people. And so it was a long wait. So from my perspective and knowing in advance that we were going to have President Trump there, you know, anybody within driving distance would surely would come, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that increased the numbers. You had great weather. I mean, that just everything kind of fell into place. And if you watch on our on our Facebook page, the time-lapse video, mm-hmm. you kind of get a, a, a preview of how enormous it is. Even when it's going really fast, right. it's still taking forever yeah. to get through. I encourage people, go to Iowans for Life's Facebook page and watch that video. It was published yesterday. Be sure to like our page, by the way. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) self-promotion. Oh, that's what we want. That's what we want. Now, President Trump uh, did go beyond the medical understanding that life begins at conception. I mean, that's always been debatable. Mm -hmm. You know, people have thrown Mm -hmm. that out. Um, But he wrote, all of us here understand an eternal truth. Every child is a precious and sacred gift from God. Together we must protect, 
cherish, and defend the dignity and the sanctity of every human life. Now, the reaction from those at the rally were very affirming. You know, mm-hmm. you could hear that in, in the broadcast. Uh, yet many have blasted him for not defending human life then at the border. You know, it's an either-or proposition for some folks. You know, and I was so grateful that he went beyond just the medical understanding that this is a God-given gift. But how do you respond to the folks when they're like, yeah, but he doesn't care about the kids in the cages at the border. You know, where's his true sanctity for life? How do you respond to that? Well, I had a situation come up in the sacristy before Mass mm-hmm. once, and um, a woman was going to be reading, and we had came from different political perspectives. And I, I said, you know, we are we're bonded together by the seven social justice teachings of the Catholic Church. Now, honorable people can disagree on what's the best way to handle, uh, you know, number two through seven. Mm-hmm. And immigration is one of those. What's the best policy? What's the best policy on wage, wages? You know, there are prudential uh, applications to these different issues, including immigration. It's yeah. a complicated issue. But when it comes to life, there's no disagreement. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't be talking about immigration. You can't be talking about wages or other issues if you're dead. Right. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, that's the message that we, if we don't respect life, we don't respect any level of life. We have to start with respecting life. And then then we can look at the respecting life of all the various issues. It's time to take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, this in Iowa, the Protect Life Amendment, where it's at, what we can do uh, to help make sure that it is uh, clear that there is not a right, uh, right to abortion in the state of Iowa Constitution. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. The Catholic Tuition Organization provides the best tax savings over any other charitable giving in the state. 65% of your contribution directly reduces your Iowa income tax liability. Plus, there are still federal deductibility options to further save on taxes. Find details online, ctoiowa.org. All this for the kids and their future. Vitae Family Care is part of the Iowa Catholic Radio family. Pro-life physician Greg McKernan, a DO, has practiced for 27 years seeing patients of all ages with just about every kind of need. Dr. McKernan lives his faith as a physician and is trained in NAPRO technology, allowing him to diagnose and treat many female conditions and even markedly reduce the occurrence of a miscarriage. VitaeFamilyCare.com Remember, Vitae is Latin for life. Are you prepared for the 2020 Iowa Catholic Men's Conference Sons of the Father? Saturday, February 22nd at the Embassy Suites by Hilton downtown. Mass will be offered at 7.30 a.m., registration begins at 8, and the conference kicks off at 9 with Iowa State University head football coach Matt Campbell. Followed by Joe Stopulis from the Man Up Show. John Leonetti from Iowa Catholic Radio will host the Iowa Catholic Men's Conference Sons of the Father Saturday, February 22nd at the Embassy Suites by Hilton downtown. Learn more at iowacatholicradio.com. Father Kirby, pastor of St. Elizabeth Parish in Carlisle, will lead a 10-day pilgrimage to the Holy Land, August 3rd to the 12th. Walk where Jesus walked in Nazareth, Mount Tabor, the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, Jericho, Bethany, Bethlehem, and the Old City of Jerusalem. Learn more at crownofbethlehem.com, crownofbethlehem.com. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Corel Contractor, serving Des Moines site work constructed needs for over 60 years, and the Iowa ENT Center, expert ear, nose, and throat care for adults and children. Programming support for Catholic Women Now is provided by Iowa's injury attorney, Fred Haas. For over 30 years, Fred Haas has helped injured Iowans recover financial, physical, and emotional losses from car, truck, and motorcycle accidents, work-related injuries, and injuries due to negligence. Most importantly, providing the professional, personal, and responsive legal counsel that everyone deserves. Fred, double D, Haas, double A, the Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time... Let us do good. Thank you to Confluence Brewing Company for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Confluence Brewing Company brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available in their tap room and at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence has a beer garden for you, your family, and friends to enjoy. Confluence Brewing Company is located at 1235 Thomas Beck Road off the bike trail south of Gray's Lake and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company, where good things come together, ingredients, ideas, and friends. Thank you for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Kelly Mesher-Collins. Would you consider a $30 a month donation? Your support keeps Iowa Catholic Radio on the air, connecting people to Christ. The Spring Carathon starts Monday, February 17th. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Gene Wells, and my guests today are Maggie DeWitty, Executive Director for Iowans for Life, and Tom Quiner, the President of the Iowans for Life Board. And they just returned from Washington, D.C. in the annual March for Life. And and so, you know, it is an exciting time. We've seen great progress in the in reduction of the number of abortions, in limited funding for Planned Parenthood. Um, but we had this glitch that happened in Iowa a few years ago where our Supreme Court, um, let's say, inadvertently allowed for abortion. Am I being generous? Yes, you are being generous. (laughs) Wrong adverb. Okay. Uh, Yeah. But but now we have the opportunity to uh, change that. So this, um, oh, what's it called? Protect Life Amendment. The Protect Life, the Joint Resolution 21, the Protect Life Amendment, uh, to clarify that the Iowa, the right to abortion is not guaranteed by the state of Iowa Constitution. So, Background. Why is it important to say it's not guaranteed? Why can't we just say you can't do it in Iowa? Right. So so what happened with these unelected judges was their ruling was even more egregious than Roe versus Wade because of the implication of what it did to our state here in Iowa. And so uh, when you create a fundamental right to abortion which is what these judges did, even though they don't have the authority to do that because that's the legislative branch that creates law. Um, You cannot restrict that in any way. And because of that ruling, that is why we do not have our heartbeat bill. We here in Iowa were the first in the nation to pass a heartbeat law, which at that time was the most restrictive abortion a law in the country, and we passed it. Governor Reynolds signed it into law. Planned Parenthood and ACLU filed lawsuit. In the meantime, the ruling came across from the Supreme Court judges that said fundamental right. And then in district court, Judge Hoopert of the district court here in Polk County, on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade, no less, said uh, because of what the U.S. or the Iowa Supreme Court ruled. 
uh, heartbeat is unconstitutional and therefore will not be in, in, enforced here in Iowa. So all our hard work to get heartbeat was undone. And any of our other legislation regarding abortion has the possibility of being undone as well unless we can undo what these judges did. And that's why we need to pass this Protect Life Amendment to our Constitution. So we could we could do the, you know, why and what for and how come this all happened, but let's look at what we have to do. Exactly. So, so we have this Senate Joint Resolution 21, the Protect Life Amendment. It made it out of the Senate State Government Committee just this past week. So it's going yes. to go to the Senate floor. So yes. has it been on the House side? And it's so it's starting in the Senate? Okay. Yes, it's starting in the Senate. So it went through the subcommittee and the committee. And now, um, you know, probably next week we'll be on the on the floor for full debate on the Senate. And so I encourage you to call your senators and make sure that they are supporting this Protect Life Amendment. And then when... It passes on the Senate side. The mm-hmm. same process will happen on the House side. So we'll have a subcommittee, a committee, and then a full House vote. And then when both of those are done, then we're good for this session. But because of the, it's the process, a constitutional amendment. Yep. there's more steps. And so we actually have to repeat the same process next legislative session so and then of course in between there is an election and Mm -hmm. so we have to make sure that we continue to have pro-life legislators because we have to pass this again in another session and then it goes before the vote of the people of iowa so this is phase one the senate first year round so um, you know, we've encouraged folks, um, I always encourage folks to go to iowacatholicconference.org. They have a wonderful um, uh, ability to connect with our legislators. You just put in your address and you click on the issue that you want to notify them. They'll give you some pre-written material, which you can edit, and it automatically sends it to the elected officials, whether it's state, if you want it to go to the state or to the federal and um, and it, it, it's it's really slick and very convenient. So it you is. sign up. Once you get signed up, they'll notify you when it's time that it would be important to do this. Right. And we just sent out a link mm-hmm. to the Iowa Catholic Conference on our, our network um, so that people could easily access that action alert. And, and our website has some great background information about the Protect Life Amendment and how we got there and, and where we need to go mm-hmm. on that as well. So, Tom, as we look at this amendment, I mean, are we confident that it's going to pass? I I think we're confident it's going to pass the Senate. Are we confident it's going to pass the House this year? Uh, Prayerfully confident. We are prayerfully confident. Yeah. As I understand it, and I think Maggie can probably speak to this better than I, uh, it is going to be a little more nip and tuck is that your take on it Maggie yeah you know we we knew we had um, we knew we had the support on the Senate side and mm-hmm. unfortunately we knew that we had work to do on our house side and you know that's unfortunate but that's just the name of the game um, some people even though uh, the Republican Party then the number one plank of the Republican Party is the life issue um, just like any of us some people you know have that as a priority issue and some people don't and so we needed to do some work to convince those who don't necessarily have this as a top priority that this needs to be the top priority well and we were talking during the break tom about this Marist poll 
that mm-hmm. 61% of the rank-and-file Democrats want some limitation on abortion. But, you know, the folks that are running seem to be, you know, abortion at all um for all people, all time. So the the rank and file of the Democratic Party, as well as the Republican Party, need to let our legislators know where we stand. This Absolutely. Is, you can't just sit by the wayside. Absolutely. There's a major disconnect between party leadership and rank and file Democrats. Uh, I went for life, put up a, um, a, a post on Facebook about Democrats for life. And the uh, Democrats for Life turned out for Pete Buttigieg's town hall, and they challenged him on the life issue. And he basically said, and I'm broadly paraphrasing, (coughs) that pro-life Democrats aren't welcome in this party. And yet, as you said, 61% of rank-and-file Democrats call for some regulation on human abortion. Well, we have our work cut out for us, um, but goodness and truth will prevail. Amen. So uh, I want to thank Maggie DeWitty and Tom Quiner for joining me today with Iowans for Life. Thank our producer, Jimmy Olson. And, and I'm Jean Wells. And, and normally we ask our patron saint for our topic. But today I want to again offer the nine days for life novena prayer. Um, and please join in with me in praying. Heavenly Father, thank you for the precious gift of life. Help us to cherish and protect this gift, even in the midst of fear, pain, and suffering. Give us love for all people, especially the most vulnerable, and help us bear witness to the truth that every life is worth living. Grant us the humility to accept help when we are in need, and teach us to be merciful to all. Through our words and actions, may others encounter the outstretched hands of your mercy. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Iowa Catholic Radio and Straight Talk are on the air because of your prayers and your generosity. I thank you so much for both. Please consider a tax-deductible gift to Iowa Catholic Radio. Go online at iowacatholicradio.com. Straight Talk is live every Tuesday at 10 a.m., rebroadcast at 10 p.m., and you can listen to always our podcasts at iowacatholicradio.com or on the app. Stay tuned for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless. Straight Talk, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio with Gene Wells. Brought to you by Blackbird Investments.